podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Eddie Gibbs and welcome to another episode of Off The Wall, the podcast where we take some content from uh, the paywall side of Anfield Index over at Anfield Index Pro and give you a little taste of some of the stuff that's going on over there, hoping that you may uh, you may delve in and join the cool kids for, uh, for some of the amazing content we produce over on the paywall side. So the podcast I'm going to give you today is Money Talks, and uh, one of the series uh, of shows that we do on Money Talks is called Keep Loan Sell, where we look at all the players in the Liverpool squad, from the goalkeepers right through to the attackers and some of the guys out on loan, and uh, Mo Chatra, our financial expert, and Dave Hendrick from our scouted and post-match raw podcast, discuss each player in depth and decide, uh, in their opinion, whether we should keep loan or sell the players. Now, as part of this, uh, there is some real detail goes into it. It's not just pie in the sky. There's some tangible numbers that Mo's derived from the from the club's accounts and the various contracts that the club are expected to do. So we generate a genuine transfer budget from that and uh, and try and put as realistic a number as possible on some of the some of the sales. Now this is all with a view to the to the uh, transfer committee pod that we do every year, one of the most popular podcasts on the channel where the guys look at who we might we bring in. So they're they're kind of Laying the groundwork, if you like, for that with some of the finances in this Money Talk series. Now, this is part two. So in part two of the show, they discuss the forwards and in the squad and the long-term players that are out on loan, maybe some underutilized or overpaid players within that. So if you want to listen to the part one where they focus on the goalkeepers, defense and midfield, then all you have to do, anfieldindex.com forward slash join get that seven day free trial listen to part one uh before you listen to the show if you like or listen to this one and then go and do it It doesn't really matter which order you do it in and uh, as i say this leads into the transfer committee pod which will be released uh in and around the champions league final at some point i'm not quite sure when the guys are getting together to do that maybe just before maybe just after but that's just part of the uh, amazing selection of content that we have uh, over on anfield index pro so without further ado take it away mo chatra and dave hendricks money talks keep loan sale part two hello listeners i'm mo chatra and welcome to part two of the money talks keep loan sale special um so without further ado let's go back to looking at the um, squad with Dave Hendrick. Right, um, finally we're on to our forwards and um, let, let's start with um, the biggest name of all um, in Mo Salah. Um, again, should be an easy one, keep loan or sell. Yeah, it's an easy one. You keep Mo and, and you do everything you have to to keep him. Mm-hmm. What if what if um, Real Madrid uh, came in with an offer of 200 million though, Dave? Would, would yeah. you be tempted? Here's the only circumstance in which I would be willing to sell Mo. Um, the Qataris leave PSG. Real come in for Mo, and we can go and get Mbappe. That's the only circumstance in which I'd be prepared to sell him. Yeah, that that would be um, <laughs> an amazing bit of business if that were to ever happen. Um, we all know that Jurgen Klopp is a huge admirer of Mbappe, and uh, well, much like pretty much all the rest of us, he's um, a player with incredible talent. Um, 
already one of the top 10 best players in world football, arguably certainly top 20, and has all the potential to become top two, top three for many, many years, um, you know, over the next couple of years. So if that were a possibility, then it would certainly tempt a lot of Liverpool fans uh, without question. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if that doesn't happen, then absolutely Mo Salah has to stay. Um, right, Sadio Mane, keep loan or sell? You keep him, but you mentioned the hypothetical of Real Madrid coming in with a crazy offer for Mo. If they came in with a crazy offer for Mane somewhere in the 140 to 150 million pound range, then I would sell him. Um, and I'd take that money and turn it into Jaden Sancho and Joe Felix. You'd obviously have to put some money with it. But I think if we could buy two of the best young players in the world um, for maybe 30 million on top of what we got for Mane, then I would do it. Um, but otherwise, you just keep Sadio because we've seen development from him this season that's been, you know, very, very good to see, very good to watch, very important for the team and for him as a footballer. Um, there was obviously rumblings that he did want to go to Real Madrid and with Zidane back, perhaps they will come back in for him, but it does look like their priority is Eden Hazard. So they'll probably go that direction, though they could conceivably buy both. They'd have to sell some players, um, but it would take a, a, a ludicrous offer, obviously, for us, I think, to consider selling Sadio. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's had a, a very, very good season, especially the second half of this season. And, uh, you know, if he were to go, um, his value would be no lower than what we sold Felipe Coutinho for to Barcelona last mm. season. Yeah, that's um, the benchmark, really. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but uh, no, otherwise, you know, he'd be another keeper for sure. Um, Roberto Firmino. Uh, oh, you keep Bobby for sure. Um, I think for despite the fact he hasn't been as good this season as he was last season, we saw what a difference not having him makes in in Barcelona. Um, I think it emphasised the point that one of the things we we need to do. Um, this summer is find, you know, a Bobby Light, someone that can fill in and do. If nobody will be able to do exactly what he does, but maybe someone can do a, a decent enough impression of it. Um, so yeah, you keep Bobby under at all costs. Once again, no arguments for me. Um, very very important player, and we saw just how important by his absence midweek. Um, when uh, he didn't start against Barcelona. And, uh, yeah, despite having, as you say, not his um, peak season compared to 17-18, uh, um, he's certainly a player with immense qualities, many qualities, and, uh, you know, a player that adds a lot to what we do and how we play. So has to stay for sure. Um, right. Another talent um but one that we perhaps might be seeing the last of it's uh, daniel sturridge his contract is about to expire um no indications that we will be renewing or offering him an extension to that um so would you keep him or let him go on a free um oh i'd let him go on a free it's it's pointless keeping him at this point um his he's run his race at liverpool it's a shame how injuries 
ruined what would have, I think, been a spectacular Liverpool career. Um, but those first 18 months that we had him, he was just, he was different class. And um, we should all remember that rather than kind of the year since when he's been injured and form hasn't been great. And there's obviously been some issue with Klopp where the two of them just don't click. But uh, yeah, thanks for everything, Daniel, and best of luck. I hope he goes to somewhere like the MLS. Um, I think that would suit him and extend his career. And I think he'd, he'd be an absolute god over there. He'd score 25 to 30 a season and, and do great things. So hopefully that's where he goes. Mm. Well, he has quite a connection with the United States. And um, certainly when he's had some long injuries, he's spent some time out there and um, certainly enjoyed himself out there. So uh, I, I think um, he and the MLS would go together very well. Um Rian Brewster, somebody at the opposite end of um, the spectrum when it comes to uh, um, uh, his career. Um, what do you think? Uh, keep him, loan him out, or sell him? Um, I think it's important to keep him for next season uh, with, the, with the first team squad and get him some games wherever you can. Um, I don't think he should be the primary backup to Bobby, but I think you get him games you know, here and there. Uh, he's a big, big talent. Um, and obviously having been out for so long, that's why I think you don't loan him. You, you keep him close and keep him involved. And I think he's a, a big, big prospect. Um, so I, I'd be keeping him for next season, loaning him the following season, and then you see where you go from there. But a big, big talent and definitely want to keep. Oh, sure. I agree with that one. Uh, again, um, David Carigi, player that um, has contributed at points this season. Um, Certainly had a disappointing loan spell last season um, at Wolfsburg, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but certainly for us this season, most notably in the uh, home game against, um, you know, <laughs> was worth um, every penny that we end up paying for him in terms of salary. Um, but he's a player that does see his contract ending just over a year. So, um, would you be looking to cash in on him this summer whilst there is some resale value there or keep him around for another year and risk losing him on a free or extend the contract and keep him? Well, originally my thought was that we should extend the contract, keep him another year, try and develop him a bit, a bit more and then sell him next summer um, when his value would be hopefully higher. Um, I don't know where his value is this summer, it's certainly higher than it was last summer coming off that terrible loan at Wolfsburg. He's, I like that he's bought in and he's given everything and he's come on and he's changed a couple of games and we've seen a couple of very good performances, most notably Watford uh, at home. thought he was very, very good in that game. Um, but Klopp doesn't seem to, to want to use him through the middle. And I, I don't think he's ever going to be a left winger. And what's happened to him is what I was always worried that would happen to him is he's got Danny Welbeck syndrome. And what I mean by that is he's a natural striker who's not been seen as good enough to play as a number nine at a big club, the same as Welbeck at United. And he's ended up stuck on the left wing, but he's not good enough to be a left winger. And he's kind of ended up somewhere lost in between. And this started with Origi when he was at Lille. And... When we got him, that's exactly what I said about him. I worry that he will end up like Danny Welbeck. Yeah. And that's exactly what he's basically become, is he's become Danny Welbeck for us. Um, 
and I think you just have to cut bait, sell them. You'll get good money. You certainly will. I think you'll get over ten million, but I'm not sure if you'll get twenty. It all depends on who who wants them, and I think we can then turn that money into getting somebody who can be a backup to Bobby, who can fill Bobby's shoes, and not just fill them when we need Bobby to, you know, when Bobby is missing, but when Bobby needs a rest. And I think we, I'd like to see next season us play Mo Mane and Bobby. 10 games less than they've played this season they've played a stupid amount of football on top of last season they played a stupid amount of football they're all going to international tournaments this summer um bobby to the Copa america um mo and, and manny to the afcon like there's no break and last summer obviously was a world cup and they got no break and i, I worry we'll burn them out so yeah, I, I think it's imperative this summer that we, we address the lack of depth in the front three. I think Shakiri can be one. I'd like us to sign, a, you know, just a, somebody who can fill in for Bobby. doesn't necessarily have to be a world beater, but someone who can fill in for Bobby and someone who can fill in for Manny. You can go big on one of them. So say if you bought Memphis Depay, primarily he can be Manny's backup and you could go and buy... I don't Sebastian Haller maybe from Eintracht Frankfurt as as the nine backup. They're not both like I think Haller is a much better player than a lot of people do, but you know they're not both going to cost huge money. You know, or you can go the opposite way. You could buy a Timo Werner and then go and buy you know a cheaper, younger, wide player. Um, there's a, there's a bunch of names I won't give them because it will kind of ruin the transfer committee pod. But there's there's options there and what you can do and. You just rotate the two of them and, and Shakiri on the bench when the front three are starting, but you get them all a lot of starts because we need them to. We need to be better with our squad. That's that's why City have been able to sustain what they've sustained in the league is because they've just managed the squad a lot better than us. We didn't manage our squad well this year. Well, we didn't. Jurgen Klopp didn't manage the squad well this year. That's the kind of be all and end all of it. Yeah, no, um, it's an interesting point that because. I was looking at the uh, Man City squad and, you know, the common perception or misconception of their squad is that they've got a very, very big squad. And they actually haven't. Um, no. Their squad is actually smaller than ours. It's just that um, they have um, about 21, 22 players that they um, use throughout the season. And despite a higher number of injuries than normal for them, um, pretty much every single player that they have within that squad is of a very high quality. Um, you know, numerous of n- a number of those players are genuine, bona fide, world class players. Mm. Um, whereas we can't say the same about our squad. We don't have the level of quality across the squad that they do. Um, whereas in terms of numbers, bodies, we have more. Um, but they they clearly have been able to manage uh, because of that greater quality to compete on four levels, uh, you know, the two domestic cup competitions, Premier League and Champions League, whereas we effectively had to sacrifice the two domestic competitions just to be able to make a decent um, effort of trying to win uh, the Champions League and the Premier League. Um, but yeah, that, that's certainly something to address when it comes to uh, next season and the business we need to do over the summer, which obviously we will talk about on the transfer committee pods uh, which I have plugged and Dave has plugged for about the sixth time um, during this one. And those will be out later this month. Um, OK, so um, moving on to uh, 
Jordan Shakiri, Dave. Um, keep loan or sell? Um, keep him for one more year. Um, I think one more year is all you'll get get him to stay for as well because obviously he's not going to be first choice and he hasn't really been all that well managed this season. He's playing really well before Christmas. He had a bit of a dip and that was the end of it for him. Um, he he may well go this summer. He he might want to leave, but I'm hopeful he'll stick around for the year because I think there's I think there's a good player there and I think he's shown that he's obviously won us games this year, which has been important. Um, and if we do if we do end up with the league title, he will be well deserving of his winners medal. Um, so yeah, I keep him for one more year and then then you probably sell him next summer. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, certainly showed. Um... You know, he can add um, to the group, the squad, um, over a season. Um, it's a shame he hasn't been used more in the second half of this season, but uh, a player of undoubted quality and um, certainly a valuable um, member of the squad. So I'd keep him around as well. Um, right, we've got four more to go. Uh, ben Woodburn, Dave. Um, he's been out on loan um, at, uh, I think it was Sheffield United. Um, didn't work out for him, in fact, came back early has been um, playing in the under-23s, um, hasn't even got close to our bench, whereas last season, even the season before, we regularly saw him on the bench. Um, so um, there is a debate to be had about whether he has regressed, or certainly at the very least hasn't come on in the way that people expected him to. But would we uh, look to sell him, send him out loan again, or keep him? I don't think there's any point in selling him because I just at the moment I don't think he has any value. Um, the loan to Sheffield United um, was a disaster. Now yeah. you can understand it from their side; they they're challenging for the title uh, in in league in the championship. They're they're promoted to the Premier League and they were playing at a very high level, so you know they couldn't really afford to take any risks with a player and kind of bet him in and whatever else. Um, so I think, I think you have to loan him, but I think you've got to look at League One, um, and I think you loan him with the view of maybe maybe he can become something. I think there's certainly talent there. I mean, Ben Woodburn is a very talented young player. He just hasn't developed at all. Um, partially that's Liverpool's fault. Partially it's maybe his own fault. I don't know. Um, I think we kind of all got wrapped up in him scoring that goal as a, as a kid and everybody expected huge things. I think the pressure maybe was a bit too much. There's also the issue of, I don't think he knows what his best position is. I don't think anybody really does. You know, he oh. was a kind of a goal-scoring striker, second striker with the, un, with the underage teams. Then some people thought he was a midfield player. Some people thought he was a wide player. He doesn't really have the pace to play wide, but he's a bit creative. I do wonder if Klopp could, if you could take two years and maybe just work with him non-stop, could you turn him into a, a Bobby Light? Now, I'm talking a, at best probably 60% of Bobby, but he's got a lot of the same qualities as Bobby. He is a hard worker. He's got good touch. He's got good movement. He's an intelligent player. Um, he's quite strong despite not being the tallest. He's a good finisher. There's definitely a player there, but he's already been passed by Rian Brewster. He's going to be passed by Bobby Duncan and Paul Glatzel. Um, so mm. I think you I think you loan him. You hope to build his value, and then you, you sell him on and and 
hopefully he goes on to have a good career. The other thing I will say, um, it's massively the fault of the Welsh national team as well, who picked him far too early in his career, played him far too early in his career, and hyped the absolute bejesus out of him. And I think that did not help him at all. Yeah, no, um, that, that certainly didn't. And as you say, um, I think there was that goal he scored several years ago now um, that you know, brought into everyone's attention. Um, is this latest Liverpool boy wonder? It put a bit more pressure on him than perhaps uh, the club would have liked. Um, and um, maybe the weight of expectation has uh, just been too heavy on his shoulders. But uh, he's a player that turns thir- uh, 20 next month, I believe. And, uh, you know, as you say, with other players, sorry, not next month, in October of this year, and with other players now moving above him in the pecking order who are younger than him, um, signs don't look good for him in terms of long-term career prospects at Liverpool Football Club. So I, I have to agree with that as well, Dave. Um, loan to rebuild some value after his failed um, spell at Sheffield United, followed by a sale next summer. Um, right, Danny Ings, another Brendan Rodgers signing. Um, he is out on loan at Southampton. And I believe this decision is already made for us in that um, there was that option to buy. Um, and I think that is triggered as long as Southampton remain in the Premier League, which yeah. they will be. So that means we will be bringing in, I believe it's £20 million for him. Which is great because um, he's not a £20 million player. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a decent run-of-the-mill player, but certainly was never capable of playing at, at, at the level we require. Um, he did have bad luck with injuries, but despite what some people say, injuries aren't the reason he didn't make it at Liverpool. It did just come down to a, a lack of quality. Um, so, yeah, it's good to get £20 million for him. I think he'll he'll do okay at Southampton as long as they're not relying on him to get 20 to 25 goals a season. I think if you play him as part of a front three um, and you can put goals either side of him, I think he'll he'll do a good job I, again as like a Firmino light, and I think that's what what uh, Big Ralph might want um, with Redmond and whoever else you know in that front three. So yeah, all the best to him. Um, good profit for us, and you know it, it's an easy one. We don't have to we don't have to try and sell him this summer. We did it last summer, and once Southampton stayed safe, uh, that deal is triggered, and, and off he goes. Absolutely, indeed. Right, two more to go. Um, Tayo Aonai, um, would you um, keep him, um, bring him back from loan, um, loan him out again or sell him on? Um, I, I think I'd just sell him on at this point. I think like uh, Alan, I think it's just, it's been a bit of a rigmarole with him where he's just been loaned and loaned and loaned. And I think it's unfair on him. I think it's it's hampered his development. So, I think the fairest thing is to sell him and, again, put protections on his future because clearly he's got talent. Um, but, yeah, sell him. And if he, if he develops elsewhere and, and becomes, you know, a, a, a top top echelon player, then either he'll move on and we'll make money from that or we can buy him all, buy him back and, and hopefully be, he'll be a player for us then. Agreed, agreed. Um, one more to go. This is a player that has been out on loan all season at Rangers. Um, he was brought into Rangers by Steven Gerrard, and um, it is Ryan Kent. So, keep, loan, or sell? Sell. 
without question, Sal. Um, he's been inconsistent at Rangers in the SPL. Um, he was inconsistent on previous loans. Um, there was numerous question marks over his attitude and his application at those previous loans. I think Rangers will want to keep him um, because Jared is familiar with him. And I think they will pay decent money for him. Um, so, uh, yeah, sell him to Rangers. Let him stay there. I hope he goes on to have a good career for himself, but it certainly won't be at Liverpool. Okay, so that's the uh, end of our list of 43 players. Um, so our end position then, Dave, um, out of all of that, is that um, we appear to have 19 players that we will keep out of the 43. Um, and they are Becker, Kelleher, and Diet Gomez, Matip, Robertson, Trent, Hoover, Bino, Ginny, Nabby, Jordan Henderson, The Ox, Curtis Jones, Mo Salah, Mane, Firmino, Rim Booster, and Shakiri. Um, and then obviously we've got um, six players out on loan. Um, we have 12 players to sell, um, who we'll run through in just a moment, and then five to go out on the free, who are Anne Bogdan, Alberto Moreno, Conor Randall. Um, James Milner, sorry, six, um, also Ovier Jaria and Daniel Sturridge. So a big reduction in the number of players, though it's worth noting that of the 43, um, 14 have been out on loan for part or most of the se- or all of the season. Um, of the remaining 29, two are out injured for pretty much the whole season in Oxlade Chamberlain and Brewster. And several of those uh, were never going to get a look in uh, to the first team, uh, the likes of Conor Randall um, and I suppose even Curtis Jones, as promising as he is. Um, so in terms of the actual um, squad that was used by Jurgen Klopp, um, the numbers were really only about 22-23 throughout the course of the season. Um, so what we've done there is trimmed that down significantly, which is great news when it comes to the wage bill. Um, but potentially even better news when it comes to um, proceeds from sales, uh, which is what we'll now come on to briefly uh, before we wrap this up. Um, so let's run through those sales then, Dave. Um, so firstly, with Simon Mignolet. Now, I valued him at £10 million, um, but do you agree or do you think we might only get less than that for him? No, I agree. I agree with that. I think that's a fair valuation. So £10 million in the kitty and £90,000 off the wage bill. That's also yeah, that's a big crazy. thing. So that's a big thing as well. Um, do you know, and that's, that's part of what we're doing here as well, is not just building a kitty for the players to come in, but also reducing the wage bill, because like you say, it's it's a little bit out of control at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, £266 million, it's only £30 million lower than Manchester United. Um, and we know that they pay silly money for players that don't deserve it. So uh, to be that close to me is, is something I'm uh, certainly with my finance hat on a bit uncomfortable about. But uh, I'm sure that the club is looking to address that through um, some of what we are just discussing right now. Um, moving on to Dejan Lovren. So I've got a valuation of 20 million for him. Now, uh, I'm sure that you'd have a much lower valuation if it was up to you. But we do know that um, there are many clubs out there that are 
have more money uh, than sense, more than a few. Uh, I'm sure that there are one or two that would be uh, crazy enough to spend many millions on him. So I valued him at 20 million um, because I think that given that he has reached in the last year alone a Champions League final and a World Cup final, um, and he's still seen bizarrely by some as a decent centre-back, um, would mean that for his experience and his name value, we would be able to command a decent fee. But do you agree, or do you think I'm well off the mark? No, I, I don't think we'll get that kind of money from him. I think you're looking more in the region of 12 to 14 million. Remember as well, Mo, he's he's pushing 30. Oh. Um, he's he's made of glass. He is an injury-prone player. Uh, yeah. He's missed. I, I don't think I've ever seen a player miss as many games with the sniffles as Dejan. Um, despite all the criticism of Daniel Sturridge only playing when he wants, I've never seen a fellow miss games with the sniffles. Uh, I've never seen it happen before, and he's missed multiple games like that. So um, I think if we got 15 million for him, I think that would be fair. Right. Okay. Let's go for that. Uh, Nathaniel Klein, another player, only got a year left on his contract. Um, I suggested a value of 15 million, and uh, uh, I'm guessing you might disagree with this one. Yeah, I think more like about 8 million um, with one year left, and having obviously missed quite a bit of last season with that back injury, and then he's he's not exactly gone to Bournemouth and set the world alight, has he? So um, I think if we got 8 million for him, I think we'd be doing well. Okay, let's go for that then. Adam Lalana. So, as we discussed earlier, just about to thir- turn 31. Um, I've got a valuation for £12 million for this player. Um, do you agree? Do you think we can get more or less? I think get yeah, 10 to £12 million. Um, I think name recognition and passport will be important in the sale of Lalana. So, yeah, I, I do think 10 to £12 million, um would be fair for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, we've also got Harry Wilson down um, as a sale. And um, I provided, came up with a valuation of 20 million for him on the basis that we managed to sell Solanke for 19 million. And certainly Harry Wilson this season has done a lot more to warrant a higher fee um, than Solanke has. And uh, also, he does have a reputation as being a player that can score goals and score important goals um, on account of his performances for Derby County. So, um, again, do you agree or do you think that's a bit off the mark as well? No, I think we can get 20 for him. It might include add-ons. It might be something like, you know, 14 million rising to, to 20 or 15 rising to 20. But I certainly think we can get uh, in the region of, of 20 million from, like, for example, if Aston Villa don't come up this year, I think we could see them spend... A, a decent amount of money um, to, to you know to make a, a proper run at next year. Leeds maybe the same. Um, Derby might want to keep them. I don't know if they could swing twenty million, but I, I definitely think that. And like Norwich might want them when they come up. There'll be Bournemouth, Brighton. There'll be there will be clubs interested, and I, I do think twenty million is is gettable for sure. Excellent. Um, right, Alan. I've got a valuation of only three million for him, on account of the fact that you know it just hasn't happened. And if, if we're going to sell him anywhere, it's likely to be back to a club in Brazil. So again, do you think that's about right or a bit too low? 
Uh, no, that's about right. That is definitely about right. Okay. Um, Marco Gruich, um, I've got a valuation of thirty million. Um, We're loaning him, aren't we? Oh, sorry. Yes, we are. No, sorry, that's correct. We are not selling him just yet. Um, so we are looking to loan him to a ideally Premier League club. Um, so I stand corrected on that one. Um, Shay Ojo, we are looking to sell him. Um, I've got a valuation of five million for him. Yeah. I think that's fair. Again, it might be a thing that you get two and a half rising to five or something along those lines, but definitely five million it would be a fair price um for for Shea Ojo. Okay. Um Pedro Chirella, uh, I've got the same valuation of five million for him. I'd suspect that we'd probably sell him back to a club in Spain. Um I felt five million was there or thereabouts. Yeah, I don't know, Mo. I, I think we might. I think two million, given he's, given what's kind of gone on this with him for the last couple of years, we've not really been playing at a decent level. I, I think two million is probably like I, I do think he's a five million pound player, but I think if we can get two million and just move him on because it's another five to ten grand a week off the wage bill, it's probably worth our while. Sure, sure. Okay, I can go with that. Um, Diva Karigi, um, I valued him at 20 million. Again, using Solanke as the benchmark, and I think that Origi's name, his um, standing in the game, is of a greater level than Solanke for sure. And um, there was certainly interest in Origi last summer. I think Wolves was one of the clubs that were interested in him, um, but a deal didn't ultimately transpire. I feel that 20 million is about right, but given the fact he's only got a year left on his contract, do you think that might be a bit too high? Or would you agree with the 20 million? No, I think it's potentially what you could get for him. Um, it does just depend on who's interested in him. Uh, it might be, like I said, with, with Wilson, it might be one where you take. You know, a little bit less, but with the add-ons, it can get to twenty. Um, if we like, if we got fifteen million from, I think you, you'd you'd probably take it and just be happy with it. Um, and it's, that's a profit we paid ten point eight million from, I think originally. So yeah, I mean, anything over twelve million, I think, and I'd be be shaking hands and saying goodbye. So if we can get twenty, brilliant. Okay, good. Um, the next player, we definitely know what we'll get for him. It's Dan Ings and. Uh, that's twenty million from Southampton. So uh, nice for um, them to put a bit of money our way for a change. Um, Tayo Awanai, and um, I valued him at seven million on the basis that um, he has impressed one or two um, clubs around Europe for the fact that he has scored seven goals in the um, for Royal XL Mustron. Um in Belgium, and um, I think that alone means that you know that there is potentially some interest around Europe for a player like that. Um, so with his age, his profile, and his skills, um, I felt seven million was about right. Yeah, and I, I think he's one you can get that money for with with add-ons. I think you're looking probably more three to four million up front, and the rest in add-ons plus maybe a sell-on clause. Um, Seven would be kind of the high end, but for sure, it just again, it just depends on who's interested, where he's willing to go as well. Um, there'll definitely be interest because of his, like you say, like of his profile. 
his ability to score goals. He's a versatile player, can play across the front three positions. Um, so there'll definitely be clubs in for him. But if see if he stays in in Belgium, seven million will be too much. You probably will get three to four. But again, three to four million is is better than what we paid for him. So I'd I'd take four million for him. Okay. Um, and then finally, Ryan Kent. Um, I valued him at eight million on the basis that um, you know he has done well at times during the season for Rangers, and he has this past week been nominated for both Player of the Year and Young Player of the Year uh, for the Scottish Premiership. So, eight million is a figure I came up with. Do you think that that is achievable? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think you could even get eight rising to 10 uh, from Rangers this summer or maybe from a, a championship team that might want him I think they'll definitely be I think 8 million is definitely attainable for Ryan Kent this summer okay good good right so what that means is that um, the total um, for the players um, amounts to let me get this right um, I think it amounts to a hundred and twenty-eight million pounds, surprisingly. Um, so that is very good business. So that's twelve players going, and um, that would certainly be very, very good for our kitty because, um, you know, as we will discuss on the transfer committee pods coming out, yes, listeners, later this month. Um, you know, for the business that we still need to do given that we are down to a squad of as i mentioned before 19 and we do need ideally around 25 um and therefore need to bring in five or six players that that money will go a long way towards bringing in those reinforcements those additions Mm -hmm. and uh it would also then mean that we wouldn't have to dip into our funds which are very sizable given we are on for a turnover of close to 500 million pounds for this financial year um, but uh, that that would certainly be very very good news as far as um, FSG and others at the club would be concerned if those deals can transpire. As well as that, Mo, you'd probably bring in another ten million in loan fees for the players we've suggested loaning out. Yes, um, certainly Gruyich would fe- f- fetch probably the biggest of those loan fees. Um, but you know, there's maybe another ten million to be had there. And I've just I've been totting up as we've gone along uh, in terms of the players we're looking at, at at selling and also letting go on free transfers uh, in terms of wages. Now, obviously, some of them are just guesses or estimates, but um, like we're talking about a number of big earners um, going. So Simon Mignolet is about 90 grand. Um, Lovren's about 100,000. Moreno somewhere in the 60,000 range. Um, Milner's 150,000. Lalana's about 110,000 on his last contract. Yeah. Um, who else have we got there? It's a big earner. Sturridge is about 120 grand. Yeah. Uh, Origi Nathaniel and Ings. Klein. Nathaniel Klein's about is the better part of 100 grand as well. Yeah. Um, Origi's about 40 grand. Ings, well, Ings, Ings has been off the wage bill this year anyway because Southampton are paying yeah. it, but. It was still circa sixty grand, and then you add in the bunch of young players and whoever else we decide to let go. It does work out to somewhere between eight hundred and fifty and nine hundred thousand pounds a week that wow. we would save, which is somewhere between 
42 and a half and 45 million pounds a year so you mentioned earlier that the wage bill would be at the moment is what 230 million or something it was 266 for the 17-18 season right which was higher than the manchester manchester city official wage bill yeah but that's not a real wage bill now but it definitely went up then um 55 million in a season yeah, and, and again, it, but it, it definitely went up for eighteen nineteen because, you know, Alison Becker arrived, big money. Naby came in, big money. Fab came in, big money. Shakiri's probably on decent enough wedge, and only Emery, who was only on about forty grand, left. You know, and, so and we had about three players that signed huge new contracts on yeah, one hundred eighty thousand a week. Exactly, uh, Mo Mane and Bobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, the wage bill is probably. 300 million now so what we're doing here it's kind of bringing it back down to about 250 mark a little bit more but you know we'll probably only look to sign well you know if we're looking at what we've done here uh, a backup goalkeeper a fourth center back which will be a young player so won't be big money um a backup left back because i think gomez hover a uh, hoover Ginny and Ox can all kind of hodgepodge and cover left back or cover right back for the year, but we will need a specialist left back. So depending on who that is, that could be, that'll be, it'll be low wages regardless because Andy Robertson's our first choice left back. We're not going to sign anyone to take his spot. So you're probably looking somewhere in the 10 to 25 grand a week range there, maybe 10 to 25 for that fourth centre back probably 25 for a backup goalkeeper depending on who you get and the two you know the big money signings will be your attacking midfielder maybe you're looking at 100 grand there your fourth choice attacker probably 100 grand there for something like a memphis Depay. and then if you want to bring in another attacker like i said earlier sebastian haller but probably not him but somebody who can you know fill in as a striker or whatever um you're probably looking at another 50 grand there so i mean you're talking about adding what's what's that about 300 grand a week then to the wage bill so you're still talking about overall dropping the wage bill by over 500,000 a week which is a staggering amount of money Huge. Um, you know so that would be massive for the club we, we've come up with basically 130-ish million um, for the club to spend so Again, with only looking for those kind of players and that number of players, you could probably do this summer at zero net spend, which mm. I know would make certain people very upset, but I would imagine it would make uh, Fenway Sports Group very, very happy. Um, so, you know, it's not like we're not here suggesting that Liverpool should go and spend two, three hundred million this summer. We, we, there is only minor tweaks, but like we've said, we've pared it down to a squad of 19. And of the players that were letting go, only James Milner and Divock Origi have played really significant parts this season. Sturridge played a bit. Lalana played a bit. Lovren played a bit. Not much of it was good. Most of the rest that we're talking about selling were either on loan or just not involved. Yeah, so, yeah sure. you know, um, it's, it's not like we're gutting the squad in any way. We're keeping... All of the core bar Milner, you'd say, and he's 33 and on ridiculous money. So it is time to move on with Ox coming back. There is no need for James Milner. As things would stand going into next season, 
he'd be the sixth midfielder. If we didn't sign anybody, you'd have Ox, Naby and Fabinho as your starters, Ginny and Henderson on the bench, and James Milner sitting in the stands. And does James Milner really want to spend a year sitting in the stands at this point in his career? I highly doubt it. So I think mm. he would want to go as well. He's certainly not an option to keep as a third, as a backup fullback because his legs are gone and the pace is just is embarrassingly non-existent at this point. Um, so I, I think you just have to kind of move on from him, move on from Lalana, move on from Lovren and, and Mignolet and Sturridge and Moreno. Um, what we've done here, basically, what the only two players left from the previous regime are Jordan Henderson, who Brendan Rodgers inherited. He actually dates back to Kenny. And Bobby Firmino, who Brendan Rodgers never wanted to begin with, um, and some have suggested was actually signed because they knew Jurgen Klopp was coming all along. But we won't say too much about that. <laughs> um, so, you know, what we've done there is we've basically just gotten rid of the players that we have moved past in terms yeah. of the team we are now. And I don't think we've lost anybody of significance while massively cutting the wage bill and bringing in a substantial chunk of money to spend. Absolutely, yeah, that's right. Um, you know, of those players that have uh, been listed as sales, um, I think only one of those has made more than five starts in the league this season in Lovren. And I think even with him, it's barely over five. Um, and then the next ones are Lalana and Origi, who have only started about, what, two, three games in the league yeah, this season? Yeah, I think they, they might have five starts between them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in, in terms of the core squad, that, as I mentioned before, is only about 21, 22 players. Um, pretty much all of them, with the exception of Milner, would be staying. Um, so, you know, with, you know, four, five, six additions, um, it would be a number that Klopp really likes. And it would mean that he wouldn't have to spend some of his time pacifying players um, and assuring them, OK, just keep on going on. Uh, even though he knows that he'll never use them. Um, and, and, we, and we know that, you know, historically from his days at Mainz and Borussia Dortmund, he prefers to deal with smaller squads and not um, numbers of, you know, up to 30, as has been the case this season. Um, so, yeah, that that is certainly um, really interesting. And if those uh, sales can be achieved, then... Um, that should generate the bulk of the mat, the money that is needed uh, to do the business that we need to do during this summer transfer window, which we will be covering later this month on the uh, Transfer Committee podcast, of which there are likely to be um, probably two, I'd say, Dave, possibly even a third one. Uh, I think if we try and push a third one, Dan Kennett might revolt. Um, so I think we'll probably try and keep it to two. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned the positions. We might also just look at a backup right back, like a natural backup right back. Mm. Um, but I think it'll be, we'll probably agree on six players because I think that is probably what we'll look to bring in and we'll split them over two podcasts. So if it's a, if it's a right back, we'll probably look at goalkeeper, backup goalkeeper, backup right back, backup left back and a, a young mm. centre back in one and then an attacking midfielder and a fourth attacker in the other. Or we might just do the um, the goalkeeper and the centre-back and the left-back in one and then the midfielder and the two attackers in another. Really looking forward to discussing those positions. Uh, I'm sure you'll be uh, coming up with your shortlists for those uh, 
five or six positions in the coming uh, couple of weeks uh, before we record those podcasts um, and really looking forward to discussing those with Dan and Gags as well. Um, but in the meantime, um, there has been a huge amount um, of uh, discussion that we've had uh, covering 43 players, no less. And uh, you know, we, we certainly think that, uh, you know, in many respects, there, there's a number of benefits to uh, making those decisions around which players to keep, loan out or sell, or indeed just to let go on a free. Um, so that, that's been a great amount of fun, Dave. Really enjoyed uh, covering all of that with you. Um, have you got any concluding comments or any plugs that you'd like to make before we wrap up? No, um, I think... Uh... I think there's a lot of work to be done this summer. Um, I don't think we can afford to rest on our laurels. I don't think anybody should read anything into Jurgen Klopp saying it won't be a big summer because at the time he said that we were, you know, chasing the title neck and neck with City there and obviously going for the Champions League. He's not going to upset the squad by saying, oh, yeah, we're going to go out and spend a load of money and buy a bunch of players this summer because there's a few mentally fragile players in the squad who might just fall apart if, if they heard that. But I do think there's a lot of dead wood still to clear. I think we've, I think we've cleared it all in this one. Um, I genuinely do. I, I, I don't think there's a player left there. Like there's a bunch of passengers in the squad at the moment. I don't think there's a passenger left. Uh, I, I've made my views on Henderson clear, but I think in the right role, in the right games he can be uh, you know a, a functional player for us and provide something um yep. so there's no passengers left um it's just it's quality it's two players for every position is what we should be looking at and then obviously a third goalkeeper maybe one bonus defender and a bonus attacker or something just to have other options or, or you know a young attacker and a young midfielder whatever way you want to work want to work it uh, in this case if we had the 25 man squad We'd be looking at two good players for each position, plus Kelleher for the backup keeper, Curtis Jones as um, the, the seventh midfielder, and Rian Brewster as the seventh attacker. And I think if that's what the situation, excuse me, if that's what the situation was, we'd be very well pre- uh, placed to go and challenge, not just for the title next year, not just for Champions League, but for the domestic cups and to match what Man City have done this year. I mean, look how close. Like they're good, they're going to, they're they're probably going to win the league. They've won the league cup. They're probably going to win the FA Cup. They could win a treble this year. They got to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. They just got unlucky that they met a good Spurs team. Had they had um you know a bit more luck in that game, or had VAR not been a thing, they they would have gone through. So like they're competing on four fronts. That's what I want us to get to. We can't rest on our laurels. We're not you know especially if we don't win anything this year. The last thing we want is to not win anything this year and then have everybody go, oh, no, that was grand. Let's just roll out the same thing next year. Because if that happens, only one thing will happen. That's we'll get worse. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. There's no such thing as standing still in football. We need to go out this summer. We need to spend somewhere in the region of 100 to 120, 140 million. Um, I think probably 120 would do it. Using the players we have to to sell and, and that, I think you could, I definitely think, Mo, and that's actually going to be probably my aim in the transfer committee pod is to try and put together six signings um, for the money that we're looking to bring in here, which we'll say is 130 million. I think that's fair. 
um, 120 yeah. plus the, the loan. So that's what I'm going to aim for is to put together, you know, options where we can do it at no net spend because it can be done. Definitely can. You don't have to be City. You can do it just by using your own players. Mm. I agree, yeah. Entirely valid points. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's important to build on what we have rather than become complacent and think, well, you know, we were very close just with maybe one or two additions at most. Um, that is enough because, you know, as we've just discussed on this pod, um, we have players that add very little to um, us on the pitch and um, they are dead wood. And, you know, it's time to clear those out, add the quality additions that we need. And that will allow us to have a genuine um, full squad of quality players of 24, 25 in number, which will allow us to compete on all four fronts. Um, like City have, I mean, as I mentioned before, they've only really relied on about 22 players this season and maybe a couple of others like Smurich who've played in cups um, to get them through the whole season. They haven't been drawing on about 30 plus players, um, as is a common misconception about them. Um, but what they do have is quality across that squad. And if we get into that position, and I firmly believe that with the right recruitment in this summer transfer window we can then we genuinely can compete on all four fronts and you know that that's something that's really exciting because if we do that you know we'll become um, a Chelsea you know they despite changes in managers and personnel and all the backs uh, behind the scenes goings on do still manage to pick up on average a trophy every season and have done so for the last 16 seasons Um, and that's where I'd like us to be as well to be serial trophy winners. And even if we aren't winning the major mm. ones like the Champ- Champions League and the Premier League each season, to still be picking up trophies because success breeds success. And exactly. once that stops, then it becomes more difficult to get back into that groove. And, uh, you know, if, I'm sure we're just those few little additions to the squad away from you know, becoming that uh, team that used to be a serial trophy winner. And, you know, I'm sure we can become that again. Right, so Dave. Um, If I can just close my... Winning is a habit. Winning is Mm. a habit. Winning trophies is a habit. There's a very good article in The Guardian. I think McRae, I can't think of the guy's name that wrote. It's an excellent... If you're on social media, you'll see it. It's an excellent article. A lot of people are sharing it. It's fantastic. It's a... it's a, um, It's a look inside Liverpool and, you know, just a talk with, you know, some good people and, you know, especially... I won't ruin it and tell you what it's about, but there's a line in it that stuck with me, and it's it's from the guy I said will be the captain after Virgil. It's Trent Alexander-Arnold. And he said, there's a feeling here that if we can get one Premier League title, it'll open the floodgates. And I could not agree more. It's the feeling I've had in my stomach all season long. If we can win one, we can win five. And I'm not talking about doing five in a row or anything like that. But over the next 15 years, maybe we could win five, six a couple of Champions Leagues, a bunch of FA Cups, a bunch of League Cups. As Mo said, do do what Chelsea have done over the last 16 years. Do what Ferguson did at United, what, what Wenger did at Arsenal, even when they weren't winning titles or even competing for titles. They're still picking up Cups, and that's that was bringing them players. I mean, Osel went there, Sanchez went there. You know, they went there because they were winning things. I know London helps, but it was the winning that, that players want. 
Um, do what City are doing now. Like and again, you don't have to do it the way they've done it. You don't have to go and spend ludicrous sums of money. We have enough players in our squad who hold value where we wasted money, but other clubs will want them because they're good enough for a lot of other clubs. Just because they're not good enough for us. And there's where the separation has to be. Just because someone's good enough for another club doesn't make them good enough for us. Just because they're not good enough for us doesn't mean they're not good enough for somebody else. There's players there with value that other clubs will want. They'll come and they'll buy them. If we just take that money and turn it into players who will produce something. And the other thing to remember is, as Mo said, a lot of the guys haven't contributed this season, but the players the Klopp has signed, they're the ones he trusts. He puts a lot into this. And I think if we brought in, you know, certainly three who'd play a fair bit, which would be a backup left back, that attacking midfielder and a fourth attacker, the fourth centre back might play less, the backup keeper might not play much at all. And if it's a backup right back or one more attacker, they might not play a whole bunch. But the three key ones would be a backup left back. And, and my preference, I'm going to say it now, is Ryan Sessignon because he can cover the wings as well. And that means you don't have to buy that sixth attacker. You can focus in and just buy a cheap right back who can spell Trent the odd time. Um, you get him, you get that attacking midfielder and that that good fourth attacker. Klopp will bring them into the mix. And, you know, he might only rely on the same 15, 16 players next year. That that number. He might just rely on a small group. But we've, we'll be improving the quality of that group. You'll have Sessegnon. You'll have whoever in the attacking midfield. That's where... It'll make the difference for us. Well, it's all very exciting, Dave. Um, no, I think the summer transfer window certainly promises to be a, a very pivotal one for us. And if we get it right, then, uh, boy, the season of 1920 could be a very special special one for us indeed. Right. So thank you, Dave. Um, before you go, though, um, is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, I don't know when this is coming out, but I'll be on. I won't be out before Newcastle, obviously. So you'll, you'll go back and listen to, to post match raw for Newcastle. Um, there's a scouted pod for Barca. I will be on raw for Barca. There is a scouted pod coming for Wolves, and I'll be on raw for Wolves. And then I don't know, maybe a Champions League final scouted on raw. Who knows? You never know. You never know. Um... Great. Thank you, Dave. Um, and then for, for me, um, obviously, um, as I might have mentioned once or twice during this podcast, we have got the Transfer Committee pod returning um, to at least. Um, we'll be out later this month in May. And um, Money Talks will be back in early June. We'll look back at the season and um, talk about how much money um, we uh, will have generated for the season just gone. Um, at that point in time and also looking ahead to um, the following season and also um, some of our other activities off the pitch as well of a business nature so all of that to look forward to right here on AI Pro so thanks to those subscribers for continuing to support us and if you are on trial then hopefully this has um, tempted you to uh, extend that and become a subscriber as well um, so until next time I'm Ochatra, and thanks for listening. Okay, folks, you can breathe now. That was the second part of our Keep Loan Sale series on, on Money Talks. You can listen to part one if you haven't already. You can listen to it completely free. All you have to do 
anfieldindex.com forward slash join where you can listen to all our content for seven days free of which uh, part one of that uh, of that series is available that will lead into the transfer committee podcast one of the most popular shows on the channel every year that'll also be available on anfield index pro very soon if you want to stick with us and why the hell would you not after your trial period then it's uh, £4.99 per month or £39.99 per year so some great value for, for, for some of the content that we have over on AI Pro do you agree with the guys do you disagree with the guys uh we want to hear your thoughts now the best way to get in touch with us is anfieldindex.com forward slash discord d-i-s-c-o-r-d and that will invite you into our free discord community uh it's just a bit more robust than the things like twitter things like facebook if you're already in facebook groups whatsapp groups etc etc there is no better platform to discuss with liverpool fans than our discord community i think we're the only liverpool uh, fan group that's really embraced discord and you won't be disappointed it also lets you take place in live podcasting and things like that and we're going to have all sorts of cool stuff coming up on the uh, on the road to madrid there as well so so now's a great time to get involved in that completely free to join up and there are some locked areas for subscribers only uh, which you can take part in as as a result of our free trial at anfieldindex.com forward slash join. So we do hope to see you over at Discord. Of course, you can give us feedback on the usual platforms as well. We are on Facebook at Anfield Index or on Twitter at Anfield Index or at Anfield Index Pro. Podcast Network.